episode 153. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. Hey, we just added another country today, and I'm not sure which country it was. I mean, we're, we're being downloaded in places like Uganda, uh, Iceland, um, you know, places that I wouldn't think. Vietnam, we've got a lot of downloads. Um, so I guess, you know, maybe it's just because we're unusual, but always thankful to have the world community tuning into Dharmic Evolution, checking out what's going on. So, uh, you know, we, we were having these hurricanes and everything. It was pretty bizarre. I'm glad we've uh, kind of dodged the bullet. A lot of people have, and uh, our hearts go out and our prayers go out to the ones who have suffered damage and destruction, and hopefully you get your power back on just as soon as possible and get your lives back into order. I know these power companies are doing a slam-up job getting people back online um, you know, really quickly considering what they have to go through to do this. So really, really happy for that. Hey, I want to thank some of you guys who are um, joining up on the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. A lot of people rocking it out with their content on there. Um, more and more people coming on like every week, every day sometimes, uh, just adding their content, songs, um, posts, maybe a video, whatever you got going on, share it with your community. Uh, not only there's a lot of singers, songwriters, and musicians around the world checking out the show, but um, just the, the public in general, like appreciating what you guys do. So happy to help out with that. And today we're in Orlando, Florida, and they just missed the big fat win, Irma. Uh, some of them did in Orlando, they did for sure. Um, but we're going to feature uh, these two wonderful young ladies, and they're going to have some songs from their new album called Back to New. It's two fine young singer-songwriters, Gabriella and Bianca Leduc, otherwise known as Diamond Dixie. You better strap up your seatbelts, and let's go for a ride. Are you a singer-songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career. If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world, well, look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Your artistry can be featured around the world on the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Both shows are international radio, TV shows, and podcasts. Go to the JamesO'ConnorAgency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. I just want to welcome Diamond Dixie, uh, Gabriella, and Bianca here from Orlando, Florida. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Thank you yeah. so much for having us, James. Yeah. What a nice surprise when I um, 
when I got connected to you guys and saw what you're doing and got connected to your music and checking you out and everything, um, really, I can tell that you guys have the work ethic. Oh, thank you. thank you so much. Yeah, we certainly work hard at what we do. So. Yeah. Yeah, it shines through. And, you know, that's such a huge component today. And um, a lot of people think it's just, well, I'm, you know, I'm gifted in certain areas and it'll just come to me. And and you guys obviously know that that, that is not true, that you have to go out and uh, own it and, and grab it mm-hmm. and, you know, embrace it and do yeah. all the things you need to do. So tell us, first of all, I love the name. How'd you come up with the name Diamond <laughs> Dixie? Thank you so much. Well, it was probably what, like six years ago? Yeah. When we were thinking of names. Um, we were making a lot of noise in like our community, basically. So they would have like events in our neighborhood for like the 4th of July, Christmas, um, basically like neighborhood events. And it was a pretty big deal. Um, and we would always perform there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always went as the LaDuke sisters or the LaDuke family because our brother, um, he plays drums and guitar. Yeah. And then at the time, our dad also played in the band, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. Now, who's, yeah, wait, who's still in the band? Is your brother still playing with you guys? Or Yeah, he is, oh, cool. but he's not Diamond Dixie. He just, yeah, he's not the face of Diamond yeah. Dixie. He's right. more like the background band, I guess, if you yeah. want to call it that. He enjoys playing drums and electric guitar for us, but he doesn't want to be, like, plastered all over the posters right. and everything. <laughs> he's, he's a session player. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, um, so yeah, it was our dad and our brother and then us two. So we either went as like the LaDuke family or LaDuke kids or whatever. Um, and we were making a lot of noise in our community. And at the time we were probably what, eight and 10 years old around those ages. So like, um, pushing middle school ages and stuff. Right. And once we realized that this was something that we wanted to turn into like a lifelong career, we were like, okay, we can't keep going. We need a band name, you know, we need something that is going to stick and something people will, will remember and that kind of thing. So at the time, our manager, if you want to call him that, he was basically well, this is like two years after, um, we started in with these, like, are you speaking Italian to me? Is that what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I talk with my hands a lot. So I guess it's just yeah. flying. Um, anyway, so um, two years after we got in with the like community performances, we had this one show where they were making t-shirts for it. And they're like, yeah, do you like the manager, like Gabrielle was saying, if you want to call him that manager at the time, he was like our music instructor. So he was kind of helping us get gigs and stuff. So he wasn't really a manager, but let's just, just call him that. Him that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But he got you to the next level, which was right, good. Right, yeah. 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 So he was like, yeah, we need a band name because I'm going to like, we're making t-shirts for this and you're going to be on the back of it. We're like, oh, that's kind of cool. So literally we spent like two weeks just writing down names on a piece of paper, going around to everyone in our family. Hey, does this sound cool? Does this sound yeah. cool? And we wanted something girly and something country. So we were literally just writing like yeah. different words on um a, like a notepad. And we were just like pairing them up and nothing sounded good. So literally one day, Gabriella just came to me and she's like, I have it. Diamond. Or I was like, I think you said Dixie Diamond. And I was like, no. And you're like, Diamond Dixie. And then that just clicked. Yeah. And forever, it just clicked and it just rolled off of the tongue so easily. So it's kind of funny. Everyone's like, oh, so like, what's the meaning behind your band name? And we're like, there's not really there a meaning, no but there's meaning. a story, I guess. <laughs> Who no. cares? And it I, sounds I, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And ironically, our manager at the time, we told it to him and he's like, I don't like it. And we're like, you know what? Everyone else in our family loves it. Our friends love it. We love it. We're sticking with it. Yeah. So, 
Diamond Dixon was on the t-shirt that day. (laughs) No, that's a good move. I mean, it just, it just flows and you're right. Who cares what it means? It just, it has that, you know, like it's, it's an attention grabber, you know? And, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's just an awesome name. So, um, so tell me about like when you guys first started saying, Hey, let's get musical. Like, how did this happen that you guys started like playing together and, um, either jamming or songwriting? Like how did the genesis of all this begin for you two? Um, well, I would say once we like started becoming serious about this, um, we realized really fast that there were other people that even of our same age group that wanted to do exactly what we were doing. And for some reason, and we needed to stick out somehow. And so I would say probably a year or two after, um, we decided like, Hey, this is what we wanted to do. (laughs) We were huge. I mean, we still are, but at the time we were huge Dixie Chicks fans. And I remember going to Bianca saying like, Hey, it would be so cool if you played the banjo and I played mandolin. And she's like, the banjo are you kidding me like that is so not cool and so i'm like no seriously like i really think we could be like the next dixie chicks right <laughs> right so um but of course there's two of us and so she's like i don't know well she got a banjo that christmas yeah. and i got a mandolin that christmas um and bianca stuck with it ever since i kind of go back and forth between guitar and mandolin right. um but that just kind of i think that really put us what am i trying to say like show Showed our community and even like Orlando like that, that we're different. We're different than yeah. other people that are trying to do this as well. So I think that's kind of when it clicked. Yeah, yeah, you're different and you're serious about it too, which, you know, right. you guys both made the commitment to, you know, and a lot of people do that and say, I eh, just doodle around on it, you know, but um, you guys are, seem to be the real deal, which I, I so appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's time to play take two and let people know what you guys are all about. Here we go with Diamond Dixie. I remember when you pushed me off the tire swing. And you apologize with a ring made out of denim blind wings. Now we're all grown up and I think you forgot about the girl next door with the fire in her heart. If you only knew what I was thinking, this could be more than what I'm dreaming.
right, take two. I love that. And what is the story behind that, ladies? Take two. Were you in the studio and said, wait a minute, take two? Is that, <laughs> is that what happened? What happened? We do make that joke occasionally. And it's really funny because we make YouTube videos um, pretty much on a weekly basis, twice a week. And whenever we have to do a second take, we're like, ah, take two. <laughs> so we kind of use that joke. <laughs> yeah. The song is basically, we wrote this song with one of our good friends in Nashville. Her name's Callie Rohde. Um, and she's kind of like a like pop rock artist. Yeah. So it was really cool collaborating country with pop rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this song, that's why it kind of has more of a um, alternative feel, I guess, a little bit. Um, yeah. So we really, it was really cool collaborating with her. But this song is basically about having, um, you know, having like a crush on someone, especially when you're like younger and then you grow up. And you still have that crush on someone, but, but it just never went anywhere. Never went anywhere. Right. Um, so it's like, say like, hey, can we have like a second take at this relationship, I guess. So yeah. Like, yeah. Two. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a cute little story that we. I, can, re- I yeah. can relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, tell me about the Nashville connection and how you guys um, uh, got connected to folks down there. And, um, you know, when did this start and how, how did you end up down there like what was the first thing that got you guys connected to the people in nashville um well we actually i think it was four years ago Mm -hmm. um there's this convention in nashville i don't know if you're familiar with it it's called nam yeah um the nam convention okay yeah um and so the one in nashville happens during the summertime and this was about like four or five years ago and we were invited um actually there's a music school here um, in town. And that's basically where we started lessons and everything. And, um, we're really good friends with the owner. And so he had extra tickets to Nam that year. And he's like, Hey, do you want to come with us? And we're like, yeah, of course. Like it's Nashville. We've Mm -hmm. never been, let's go. And so we went up there and it's amazing. Um, even though Nam isn't specifically for artists, you make a whole bunch of connections up there. Um, so we did. And a long story short, we were there probably, I think the next month, because we met another artist and he's like, hey, come back up for songwriting. And so we did. And the second time we went up, we made more connections and it just kind of like snowballed. Yeah. So. And the more connections we were making, the more we were learning about the industry in general. So it just kind of snowballed after that. Right. Yeah. So now let me ask you about the, the songwriting and how it connects to that. Now you guys, you write everything together. Do you write, do you break all, you know, apart once in a while and say, I'm going to write something here and then kind of collaborate after you have individual songs or how does it work? Is there any formula? Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. We rarely co-write as like both of us together. It's usually both of us co-writing with another artist or just each of us writing separately. And then once we finish a song coming to each other and being like, Hey, like, do you have any like revisions or whatever? Right. Um, There was only one song that we've ever written together. And that's actually free ride um, on our new EP. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of funny. People are like, oh, do you write together? And we're like, when when we do, it's with like other artists, but we never write like together, I guess. Yeah. And it's weird because our styles are actually really different, which makes us great um, as a duo because Bianca wrote Live and Let Go on our EP. And that kind of has a bluegrassy like, country feel to it and then I wrote Reckless um which has more of a like more of a modern country feel um so it's it's really cool mm-hmm. being able to do that yeah mm-hmm. so uh that that's really unusual I think but that's a cool thing about songwriting is there's there's no rules to anything you know you can yeah. just kind of make stuff up and just 
who cares, you know, as long as you yeah. get the song done, you know? Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's cool. Um, so when you guys do your individual things, um, do you ever sit like three people in a room? Have you ever done that? Is it like the two of you and one other person? Or is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, that yeah, works really, pretty cool. Yeah, we really enjoy co-writing with other artists. Like when we go up to Nashville, um, we co-write with a whole bunch of like artists, friends of ours. So it's always like us two and then like some friends in the room as well. Right. So, yeah. mm-hmm. It's usually three in a room or more. Yeah. yeah. Like recently we just went to Nashville probably two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like Bianca said, it's usually us and then one other person. Like that's pretty much what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, on this last Nashville trip, we wrote this song with, um, two other artists and they're not a duo. So it was us two and then a solo artist and another solo artist. And so we wrote this song and we just couldn't take it anywhere. We got the first verse down the second or first verse and then the chorus down. And we're like, we like it. We just don't know where to take it. And it was like three in the afternoon and we were hitting that, like we were hitting a peak. (laughs) We were so tired and everything. And um, later in that week, we had another co-write with two other people and we couldn't think of anything. We were throwing out ideas. None of us, none like of nothing really was catching. Yeah, nothing was catching. And Bianca and I were like, hey, let's bring out this song that we wrote with these other people. Um, and so we did. And the other two guys fell in love with it. And we actually finished the song. Oh, yeah. And so that one indirectly has four other people written on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool, though, like with songwriting, because um, you have this idea and you don't really know, like, sometimes you don't know how to put it into words, put it into a song. So it's cool to see other people's ideas and see other people's take on the idea to actually complete it into a finished song. Yeah. It's always a surprise, isn't it? Like I had no idea. Like, I mean, I go through that every time I go in the studio, it's like, you know, you go in and you prepare and everything, but you, you sort of have this little bit of a preconceived notion about what the songs, and then it's it's always a surprise, and it's always better, like when it's right. done, like yeah, because somebody comes up with something you never even dreamed of, you know. Yeah, Bianca, let me ask you: Who were your heroes um, when you were growing up, listening to music? Like who who resonated with you to really influence you to be who you are today? Um, when I was younger, um. Actually, okay, so our dad, he always played guitar, like, even from his high school, college days. Um, So he kind of was the one that influenced us to get into playing music, playing instruments, and, like, all this stuff. Um, So once we were playing music and singing and had, like, showed an interest, um, I was really into Carrie Underwood at the Mm -hmm. time. And then... At this time, also, Hannah Montana was a show. Oh, So, right. yeah. Gabrielle and I were, like, diehard Hannah Montana fans. So, I guess you could <laughs> say Miley Cyrus actually played a role in the influence of our music. Great. Yeah. Great role model there. I mean, that's a good influence. Another yeah. hardworking, you know, hardworking, dedicated person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, how about you, Gabriella? Um, I would say, let me think. Okay, so, obviously, Hannah Montana. Um, right. And- I remember at this point, um, Taylor Swift was just coming out and she came out with Tim McGraw, which is her first single. And I remember I actually wasn't really crazy about Taylor Swift because Hannah Montana was all the rage. Yeah. And my dad, he was like, 
Hannah Montana is not going to last forever. Like this is just a TV show on Disney Channel. It's just going to be like a phase or whatever. But he he heard of Taylor Swift. And he's like, this girl really has something. You know, she writes her own songs. At the time, I think she was 16 or 17 years yeah. old. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of like pushed Taylor Swift on me. And it wasn't until our song came out, which was her second single. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. Like, I'm a huge fan now. Yeah. So definitely Taylor Swift. Um, and then later, I got to really, really loving Miranda Lambert. I love how in your face she is. And her style of songwriting is so like, so unique and i definitely love that so, yeah miranda lambert as yeah well. well let's listen to uh diamond dixie here and we're gonna play live and let go check this one out one of my real good friends was crying because she lost her boyfriend to another girl he was cheating with all the time with tears running down her face she said that he was such a waste of the past five years of her life she told me that he was no good but still wishes that she could stare into those dark green eyes again. I told her that's no way to live and to stop thinking of him and here's my one piece of advice. Let be when needs to be and let go when needs to go. Holding on to something too long is not good you know. Just follow What a great song. Okay, so what's the story on that one? A really, really good song. song. <laughs> Love it. Ah, uh, thank you. Well, I was the one that wrote that song, and when I was writing it, like I'm a really like positive person, and I like I I guess a lot of people say I'm motivational, and I don't even try to be, but I just like making other people <laughs> happy, I guess. So um, when I was writing this song, I just felt very like inspired. So I really wanted to put something out there that like motivated people to just like brush the small things off your shoulder. Like don't let, don't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders kind of thing. Um, and I actually have this one friend and she's kind of, 
she kind of has a tendency to do that. So I guess that inspired me even more. And her name's Jenny. And she's actually mentioned in that song. So yeah, I guess that's where the inspiration came from. (laughs) Thank you, Jenny. Jenny, (laughs) lighten up, Jenny. (laughs) it's really funny jenny's such a sweetheart she'll come to our shows and it doesn't matter how many times she's heard the song she loves this song so much and she she always whips out her iphone on the second verse when her name is her name she can record it (laughs) goes to instagram right away right yeah (laughs) hey tell us let's talk about um performance a little bit like um you guys you gig around the orlando area quite a bit um give me your favorite like sweet spot is like what's your favorite gig what do you guys like to do more than anything else small intimate shows big shows um coliseum like what what is it that yeah. you like? <laughs> i think our favorite type of shows are probably like festivals yeah definitely festivals and then also we've played the house of blues in orlando oh, here yeah. twice um once this past year and then once the year before right and it's so cool getting to play the house of blues because it's not you know it's not like an arena or whatever so it's a smaller venue but everyone in the audience is there to see you and listen to you. You know, they're not there to get mm-hmm. drunk in the back or whatever. And yeah. It's not like your background music. So right. it's really cool being able to do that. And then festivals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Festivals seem to have that vibe of everybody's in a good mood. And it's usually like yeah. in the day, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I had um, I had an artist on recently, Rua from Bucharest. And she said that the rage over there in Europe right now is um, – is getting out to shows in a day. It's becoming more and more of a of a a big thing, you know. And I said, well, that makes a lot of sense because you have more energy. You weren't working all day, and and you kind of like can devote like time to like enjoying like without oh I got to get up in three hours or whatever, you know, like right. enjoy the artistry of what's going on. Yeah. So it seems to be catching a lot of traction over there. About you know yeah. Uh, yeah. they call them um, I forget what they called it, but. Um, it's kind of like a two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon thing, you know, rather than yeah. nine at night, you know. So right. like to yeah. see more of that in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing it up on the co-write. They write with other artists, then apart, then together, then apart, then together, up in Nashville, and always include some friends. Right back to my interview with the ladies right after this. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent TV star and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, JamesKevinO'Connor.com, Geography of the Soul, a beautiful CD that you need to own today by James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. So give me the lineup when you guys play out. Like, um, 
obviously you guys are on guitar, mandolin, banjo, um, or, mm-hmm. or a combination and full, full, um, you know, bass drums, piano, is it, or? Actually, it- no, it's usually, um, just Gabriella and me and then our brother plays drums for us. Okay. And we really like the challenge of, um, like making it sound like a full band, even though there's just three of us. Right. Yeah. So we really enjoy putting on a show instead of just standing there at our mic stands. So throughout Throughout the set, throughout our show, um, Gabriella changes from guitar to mandolin. I change from banjo to guitar to maybe bass. Um, and our brother will go from drums. Sometimes he'll switch on guitar if it's like a slower song. Yeah. Um, so we really enjoy the challenge of playing like more instruments than just like just the typical like right, one right. for you, one for me, one for him. Right. Like we like changing it up. We like the challenge of making it sound like a fuller band, even though there's just three of us. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. I mean, that's it's challenging, but it's probably you know the dynamics of it are probably really cool. You're doing like uh, yeah. you're doing like the White Stripes, only with three. You know, which, which <laughs> yeah. is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So, um, so give me some more of the places that you play outside of Orlando, or is that really challenging for you guys to get out to other places, or or do you just kind of are you building, you know, the career based on regional coverage in your home, you know, turf? Yeah, well, we actually play um, mostly in the state of Florida, so not necessarily like Orlando, like where we are. We kind of like to venture out from that, um, but Florida, we like to stay in the state of Florida. Um, because we have a lot of fans here. So we'll play Daytona beach, new Smyrna beach. Um, we'll go up to Jacksonville. We go down to Miami. Sometimes we've actually got a show in West Palm beach. I believe in October, Mm -hmm. we're playing the VIP lounge at the Florida Georgia line concert, which we're so excited about. Wow. That's great. Those guys are really hot right now. Yeah. yeah. That's, that'd be great for you guys, you know, get more people to know you. So you're really, you're really the beach girls. Because you, you, you so, love yeah. the beach. You don't stray far oh, from the yeah. beach, you know. It's like, <laughs> I want my tan, you know. That's the whole I know. thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, so let's talk a little bit about social media. Like, what do you guys, what's your favorite jam? What do you love more than anything else? Are you on everything or are you guys just pick, you know, pick out specific uh, platforms? We enjoy the whole thing. We have yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube, Snapchat, we got it all because we know that there's different people. We know that different people like to use different stuff. So we want to um, get out to as many people as we can, um, reach out to those fans and like engage them, talk to them. Mm-hmm. And it, we really enjoy social media because it gives us the chance to talk to those fans um, that might be like all over the country or like all over the world that aren't able to come to our shows. Um, yeah. We really enjoy doing Facebook Lives also oh, yeah, because definitely. then that gives us a chance to perform in front of those people that aren't able to come to our shows. But the, it's like they have like a front row seat. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, I was checking out your Facebook page earlier. You guys really did a good job on the way you present everything there. Oh, thank you. you yeah. know, and it wasn't in any way reckless. Let's check out <laughs> reckless. Here we go. It's 
how sweet it is. Love that. <laughs> Reckless. Really, really good song. Uh, story on that one, ladies? Yeah. So um, like I said before, I wrote this song. And ironically, I wrote it about my ex-boyfriend. So we're not together anymore. <laughs> but at the time. But at the time when I wrote it, um, it was basically about being in a relationship where like, even when you're having a bad day, you're, you know, you tripped, you spilt your coffee, you are wearing a white shirt, you spilt barbecue sauce on it, like, you're having the worst day ever. Um, this being around um, someone, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy, like just a friend or whatever. Yeah. Um, they just make you feel like none of that matters, you know, like only they matter. Right, mean? right. Did you mm -hmm. email it to him? <laughs> well, at the time when we were recording, I actually like broke up with him literally when we got back from the studio <laughs> of me recording it. So, yeah. Kind of ironic, but hey, I've got a song, so yeah. that's all that matters. Well, that was probably, you know, your past to say, okay, it's validated because I have the song now. So it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. my permission slip, you know? Right. So we were talking a little bit while um, we were listening to... Um, to Reckless about um, your production. So let's talk about the way you guys get your music together, um, who's producing, helping you get your sound, and take us into the studio a little bit. What goes on in there? Yeah, well, our producer for this last EP was Greg Bates, and he was actually an artist, an artist himself a few years back, um, and he had a number one single on country charts. But he decided to not go with the artist route anymore and start doing like the behind-the-scenes stuff. So we got in contact with him and he produced this new EP of ours. And in the studio, it's like you have this vision for these songs that you wrote and you don't really know how to like, you don't know how to put them together because you have a drummer, you have a um, electric guitarist, you have even a keyboard player. And it's like, you've never really worked with these people. So it's like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to tell you to play to fit my vision, I guess. <laughs> so that's when the producer comes in and he like talks to you about like what you're seeing, like the vision for your songs and everything. And really like a good producer, which Greg Bates definitely was, he like pulled that vision out of us um, and like made these songs so great. So I guess we like co-produced it, I guess, because he would talk mm -hmm. to us and then like translate it, I guess, for lack of a better word, to the yeah. musicians. And then with like the editing process and everything, it just like made this like, awesome yeah like outcome <laughs> so was this your first experience like working with a producer like did is it uh, you know i mean did you guys come away with like i learned a lot from this this thing we definitely so, did learn a lot yeah. um for our first ep that we um recorded we worked with the producer and we weren't really sure like what the studio etiquette was yeah. i guess so we weren't sure like how involved we should be um, so we, our first EP, we weren't really all that involved. We just let the producer just take it away. And then after that, we're like, okay, this is like good stuff, but it's not really like our sound. Yeah. So after that and working with Greg, we're like, oh, so this is how it's supposed to be. Like, we are supposed to be involved like a lot and the producer isn't supposed to take over, but he's supposed to like work with you to create something great, which Greg Bates did amazing. Mm -hmm. at, yeah. So. Yeah, that's the, that's the key, I think, is, um, yeah. you know, you want to deliver a good product, but you, you can't isolate the artist out of, you know, it's their world, you know, it's yeah. you, you guys, it's your sound and you're, you know, you want it to be enhanced to the point where, yeah, this is, this feels right. I mean, when I first started doing this, it was like, I was good at saying, 
no, this is wrong. <laughs> so yeah. you, don't, you don't necessarily have to know every, like you don't have to have a crystal clear vision of it's gotta be exactly this, but you know, if you can like scrape away the things that don't belong there, eventually yeah. you'll come to, okay, I'm home now. You know, I kind of yeah, found like, the right place. It's like a process of elimination kind of thing. Yeah. You just keep trying different things and then um, just scratch out all the ones that you didn't like. And then the ones that you do like, it makes this awesome song. So. Yeah, yeah. Give me the funniest story that you can remember um, since you guys have been playing, either live or uh, writing, or did something happen that was really kind of hilarious or unexpected that you can share with us? Yeah, well, I can share one right off the top of my head. I think you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. So, okay, we played this one show called JB's Fish Camp. It's in New Smyrna Beach, and New Smyrna is literally right by Daytona Beach. Um, and so we play this place a lot. It's a fish camp. It's right on... What do you call it? Like a channel? Now, yeah. wait a minute. What is a fish camp? Because this, this sounds like <laughs> something from a from a Three Stooges movie. A fish camp? Really? Yeah. A fish camp, it's really, really cool. So basically, there's a restaurant, and then you walk outside the restaurant, and they've got like a dock. A dock where you can go fishing. Like people pull up their boat. People literally like drive their boats to the fish camp. They dock their boats there, and then they go eat. So it's, like, really cool. You can fish, you can kayak, you can canoe. And then right um, outside of the restaurant, so I guess, okay, so, like, the restaurant is here, and then the dock, like, comes out of it, and then in between, or not in between, but, like, outside of that, um, and if you're in the restaurant or on the dock, there's, like, this stage that you can see, and that's where we play. So yeah. as you're playing on the stage, you kind of get, like, a whole view of, like, the area um, mm -hmm. from the people on the dock, from the people on in the restaurant, um, so it's really, it's a really cool place. Yeah. Like being in Florida, it really gets that like Florida, um, Florida vibe. Florida right. vibes, yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it's definitely. Really we play there a lot, especially in the summertime. Um, and I think this happened before the summertime. Yeah. I want to say like back in May and, um, we usually pack the place. And so this time particularly it was packed. Like there were people in the restaurant inside and outside. And then there were people on the dock. Um, all watching us, which was really cool. And right in front of the stage, there's like sand and there's um, picnic tables. And then behind that is where the restaurant is. Okay. And so next to the sand, that's where the channel is, uh, where you can like go fish and like all that stuff. And then the stage is just in front of that. So I don't know. I can't <laughs> explain that better. Right. But anyways, it's all right next to each other. And so there was this little boy, I would probably say he's five, six years old. Yeah. If that. that. And so he was in like where the sand was. So right in front of the stage. And I think we just went on for like our second or third set. And so we were into um, like our first or second song and it was me, Bianca. And then Ronnie was on um, Cajon and Ronnie is our brother. Right. Our brother. Yeah. yeah. And so all of a sudden, this boy just pulled down his pants and he started like peeing, like yeah. he just had at it. And I looked at Bianca and I'm like, "You see this too, right?" And we're all just like, "Like, is this what is going okay. on? Where's this kid's parents?" And it was really like funny, but it was weird because obviously this doesn't happen like normally. And um he was like having trouble pulling his pants back up and we're like, okay, we don't need to see this right now. <laughs> and it was really, I mean, I felt bad for the kid, but I, I didn't know where the parents were. And it was funny because when we finished that set, we went back to our uh, merchandise table and the mom came over and she's like, I just want to apologize for my son. I don't know what he was doing right when the pants went down. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to act like I'm not his mom right now. Right. <laughs> 
like, well, in some countries, you know, that might be just, you know, he's honoring your music, you know, you never know. <laughs> Depends on where you're from. <laughs> hey, tell me about your merch, um, your merchandise. What is the top selling piece that you guys of, you know, what do you, like, what are you, are you selling t-shirts? Are you selling CDs or a com- yeah. bunch of different things or? Yeah, with our merchandise, we sell t-shirt. We have probably like five Five different t-shirts, different I would t-shirts. say. Um, we have hard copies of our CDs. We have posters. We have guitar picks. Um, and we even have those flash tattoos that girls are really into. Um, they're just like the temporary tattoos and they're like metallic. And oh, like I love those because I, really like- I don't have any. I'm meaning to get some real <laughs> ones, but it's just, I just keep putting it off, you know, for years <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, so we have like a variety of merchandise. And I would say one of our top sell. Oh, and we also have... Um, Diamond Dixie Orca Cups. Yeah, I have one right here. Okay. Yeah, let me so, see. What is, they're like a Yeti. Oh, nice. Like I like that. That's very yeah, cool. Diamond Dixie. I don't know if you could see it. Yeah. The glare. Yeah. So we have um, the stainless steel color, and then and we have a powder, powder blue. blue. So, wow. And I would say during the summer, those, those sell fast. Really yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another one of our sellers is just a hard copy of our CD. Like CDs yeah. are kind of going out of style. So when people go to live shows, um, they really enjoy like taking a piece of that live show back home, which hard copies of CDs do like perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I ask this question a lot because, um, you know, I keep, I keep asking people like, what's going to be the next thing? And I've been talking about vinyl for a couple of years now. And I, you guys yeah. probably heard that, that Sony just announced like a month ago that they're, they're rolling vinyl back out in a big way. They've, they've ordered all the equipment and they're, you know, they've committed to, like supporting mm-hmm. the vinyl industry again, which yeah. which I always thought was um, was we we're missing that element of um, you know the social interaction of taking an album out and like you know hanging out with friends and just opening up all the liner notes and you know yeah. putting it on. It was kind of cool actually, but um, but I guess um, I guess like you said, most musicians that I've talked to say the same thing. They they want to support the artist and they want a token to take home with them. And they, you know, they yeah. like taking CDs with them, you know? Right. So do you feel that that sells better than, or do t-shirts sell better? Like all in all in all, what's your sense of what kind of sells best? I would honestly say the CDs do. Yeah. The CDs yeah. Um, sell the best, but the t-shirts are like right under it because yeah. when we're at festivals and we have a merch table, um, people always want to, like, I know at least for me, when I go to a concert, I know, like, in the back of my mind, even before I go, I want a t-shirt. So I guess people have just, like, that natural instinct just to, like, want, like, a piece of clothing to be like, hey, like, I saw them. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Cool. I think it's time to play Diamonds in this town. Here's the video. Everybody, strap up your seatbelt.
the moon Never coming down Shining like a diamond in this town Sparkle through the rust Broken hearts and dust Rising from the What a great video. All right. So are you guys the diamonds in this town? I think you are. We like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So so the video, we were talking a little bit about it, that you kind of weren't in the market, but somebody made you an offer, you jumped on it, and, and you said some crowdfunding helped it too. How did you guys do with the crowdfunding? How did that work for you? Did it do Pretty okay? good. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why we decided to do with this video um, we actually have a YouTube channel and we post weekly, actually twice a week, mm -hmm. um, videos up on there. And we've always just record, like filmed the videos ourselves. So, um, this is the first time we actually worked with a professional videographer and, or yeah, videographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got it. Um, yeah. And it was really cool because he made us an offer and we're like, okay, like let's, let's see how this goes. So, um, we were like mapping it out and he's like, oh, well let's, have it in Nashville because that's the like it's about chasing your dreams and if Nashville's a part of like that ultimate dream then let's just go big or go home like yeah. let's film it in Nashville and we're like okay yeah so um we were thinking like um it was almost like out of our budget and we're like oh, we really want to deliver this awesome video for this song it was a fan favorite of our um EP and we're like the fans love it we want to create something awesome for this song we don't want to just create something like mediocre so um, like let's have the fans like be a part of this. Yeah. So, um, we, yeah, we did a crowdfunding campaign, which was awesome. Um, we gave like the fans an opportunity to actually be a part of like the making of this video. So we went up to Nashville, filmed it in like three days. Actually, I think two because two of days. the weather. Yeah. Yeah. There was some like bad weather during one of the days, so that didn't work out. But yeah. anyway, we got the video filmed and um, the fans love it. So Yeah. And it was really cool because everyone that donated to our crowdfunding campaign, they all got a personalized um, Polaroid picture. So Bianca and I, we took, um, Bianca actually got me this Polaroid camera for Christmas. Yeah. And so um, while we were in Nashville and while we were on the set of our video, in between takes, we would be like, okay, smile, and we do like a selfie. Yeah. Whatever. Right. So we took probably, oh gosh, over a hundred Polaroid pictures, pictures to send out to fans, and we did handwritten lit letters with um, everyone that donated. So it was really cool having them nice. uh, be part of this experience. People like so. that. They can actually touch your world. You know, it's really very, right. very yeah. cool. Congratulations on a great video, and we're running out of time, but I want to hear you play that guitar and do a little singing yeah. for us. Yeah. Just give us a little something to send us on our way. All right. All right. Yeah. Diamond Dixie Live. Here we go. <laughs> I got a feeling that I'm on the edge of something dangerous. I'm a fool, I'm a fly, I won't feel shy, I won't settle for nothing else. And chasing a dream, or has it been chasing me? 
Excellent, excellent. And some great guitar playing with those sky blue nails. Oh, yeah. Yes! I just did them two days ago during the hurricane. She was so proud of them. <laughs> I told you we'd need another show. We're out of time. Diamond Art. Dixie. Yeah. Wow. Listen, uh, before we go, I want you guys to please give a shout out about your website. Where can we support you? Where can people go to help uh, support Gabrielle and Bianca? Diamond Dixie, we need a CD. We need to know what your schedule is. Where do we go, ladies? Yeah, yeah go to our website, diamonddixie.com. It has our full schedule of um, dates that are planned right now. It has our merchandise on there, um, our music, basically everything you can find. And if you want to um, actually like, talk to us and like personally then we have facebook instagram twitter um youtube we have all that social media stuff so we can actually like talk to our fans mm-hmm. so awesome we're going to include all of those in the show notes all the links to everything that's diamond dixie and ladies gabrielle and bianca thank you so much for being a part of the dharmic evolution i want to wish you guys continued blessings and success in your career and thanks so oh, much thank for being you. here today thank you james yeah. thank you so much for having us There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed with scripture delivered by Chaplain Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins. Behold, it's the brand new album from Mercy titled, I Am Victorious. I'm going home, back to the throne. Victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us. It's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. Just recorded in the Music City on the world-famous Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the album or pick up the actual CD copy of I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes and ears open for the live performance tour of Mercy coming soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Take two, live and let go, reckless, and diamonds in this town. Diamond Dixie on a tear across Florida, playing consistent shows and also making trips to Nashville to collaborate and write with other artists. Lots of good things coming from these awesome young Floridian songwriters. Check them out over at DiamondDixie.com. Hope you guys really enjoyed this show. I really enjoyed meeting these young ladies. Really awesome spirits, both of them. They're going to go far. Hey, if you have not had a chance yet, head over to the James O'Connor Agency. You've got to check it out. Lots of artists around the world checking in, taking advantage of all the things this agency is offering them. You may have also heard that we write songs for authors. Yes, very true. We just wrote and produced a song for alumni, distinguished professor Scott Geller from Virginia Tech University. And Scott now has a flagship song that supports his brand, Actively Caring for People. We released the song just um, just recently, and it's called Here to Share and Care. And I'll feature this in a coming episode so you guys can check out um, the kind of work we do at the agency. Hey, do you need funding for your next album project? 
single video, we'll go over to the jamesoconnoragency.com. Let us connect you with the how to get funded. It's easier than you think. We also want to encourage you to visit dharmicevolution.com. Check out your show and blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you're now on the site. Gabriella and Bianca are now on the site, and people from around the world are locking in to see and hear all about Diamond Dixie and their music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you on TV. I remember where I was The first time that I heard your voice Do you remember where you were The first time that you made that choice You're my favorite song You've been stuck in my heart For such a long, long time Before I would bleed to death Your infectious melody Will be with me till my last deep breath But you're my favorite song You've been stuck in my heart For such a long, long time You're my favorite song You got a way of making me feel that you're mine Oh, you know I love a double zero Hey, baby, you're the perfect size for me Oh, and how I love those yellow stilettos You always knew how to annihilate me